0: Welcome to the podcast of Outpost Church in McLaren Vale, where we seek to be apprentices of Jesus. We are currently looking at the Sermon on the Mount, which can be found in Matthew chapters 5, 6, and 7, where Jesus is announcing the Kingdom of Heaven with its implications for every aspect of our lives. There is so much for us to learn and to put into practice. Let's get into it with this teaching from our Sunday gathering. time where Jesus was outlining the process of what to do when someone sins against you, Peter came up to him to clarify. So Jesus had told him that you are to go and rebuke your brother in private. And then if they won't listen to you, then take a couple of others, not to beat them up, but so that the matter may be established before two or three witnesses. But you have this, this process that Jesus outlines, and it is a process of restoring someone to relationship. Uh, but it's not just a case of letting it go. It's not just a case of not confronting the person. It includes confronting the person, but it is for the sake of restoration of relationship. And Peter seeks clarification. He says, How many times, Lord, shall I forgive my, father, my brother who sins against me? As many as seven times? And as many of you will know, Jesus responds saying, No, not as many as seven, but seventy times times seven 490 is not this magical number it is just indicative of how many times we are to respond with forgiveness it is not just you get one chance and then that's all over but rather we are to be continually offering forgiveness and jesus then goes on to explain that the kingdom of heaven can be compared to a king who is settling accounts and someone comes in a servant of the king comes in that owes him millions of dollars and he can't pay back the debt and so the king orders that he and his wife and his kids and everything he owns be sold in order to repay the debt and this servant falls down on his face before the king and says be patient with me and i will pay it back And interestingly, the king doesn't actually grant his request of being patient with him so he can pay it back. He just forgives the debt. He has compassion on him, releases the servant and forgives the debt. The servant goes out and immediately sees someone, a fellow servant of his, who owes him the equivalent of a few thousand dollars. And he goes up to him, grabs him and says, pay what you owe me. To which... His fellow servant responds in just the same way that he had just prior and says, be patient with me and I will pay you back. But he won't have it. He has him thrown into prison until he can repay the debt that he owed. When the fellow servants to these two saw what had happened, they went in and reported it to the king and the king calls the original servant back in on the carpet and says, how dare you, I had mercy on you. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant? And then he orders that he be handed over to the jailer and tortured until he can repay the debt. And then we have the conclusion to this narrative, to this parable that Jesus tells. And it is a confronting conclusion. Jesus says the words, So also my heavenly father will do to you unless every one of you forgives his brother or sister from your heart. As we read this, it's like, really? Is that not unconditional forgiveness? Is the forgiveness we're given conditional? Is God saying, I'll actually retract the forgiveness that I give to you if you don't do something for me? I guess so. (laughs) I guess it matters that much to God that we forgive one another. That he says, unless you forgive one another, neither will your heavenly Father forgive you. The reverse of that comes a lot of the time as well, where we are forgiven, therefore we forgive. Freely you have received. Freely give. But there seems to be this tension as we read the New Testament where our forgiveness needs to be passed on to others. And I think part of our problem in understanding and receiving this is that we see things as being so individualized and it's about my relationship with the Lord and we end up with theologies that say pray a prayer for forgiveness once and you're set for life. We don't find that in the scriptures I think if this servant depicted in this parable had have known, had have actually taken stock of the reality of the forgiveness that he had been granted, there's no chance he would have demanded repayment by his fellow servant. If he was so consumed by the reality of the freedom he now had because his debt had been paid, if he's walking around with his head full of that, and he sees this fellow servant that owes him money, he's not going to want to go up to him in order to threaten him. He's going to go, want to go up to him in order to share the good news. Guess what? I have been forgiven. Oh, that's right. You owe me some money. Guess what? Now you're forgiven too. How good. But if we don't understand that we have nothing left to pay, nothing left to prove, then there's all sorts of selfish things that come as a result of that. But the focusing on the reality of our forgiveness is going to result in us forgiving others. It must. And God is so concerned about the bigger picture. Yes, we are blessed in order to be blessed. But it's also in order that we bless. So we do sit with it, the reality of the blessing of being in Christ, of being forgiven, of being filled with the Spirit, of being unconditionally loved, of having a purpose, having a hope, having a future. We sit with that, we rejoice in that, and we share it with others. The forgiveness that we have received is designed for us to share with others. We're told in 1 John that since God has so loved us, we ought to love. And it would make sense if it was, we should love God. He loved us, so we should love him. But it actually says, because he has so loved us, we should love one another. His love is intended to overflow. It is intended to pass through. Yes, we receive it. Yes, we enjoy it. But we also share it. We give it. It is a must. It is a non-negotiable. It is not a question as to whether we will forgive. It's an imperative. We who are forgiven must forgive. We must apply this into every area of our life. We're looking at the kingdom. That's our focus at the moment. It's Jesus' favorite topic. He talks about the kingdom. The kingdom, the kingdom, the kingdom. We read the parables in Matthew and so many of them tell us what the kingdom of heaven is like his purpose Jesus purpose was to initiate this kingdom to inaugurate this this kingdom of heaven that God's will would be done on earth as it is in heaven and the kingdom is where the king is in charge what does it look like when God is in charge what does it look like when God is king over the earth. Well, Jesus came to show us. He came to tell us. And we're looking at the Sermon on the Mount, which is recorded in Matthew chapter 5, 6 and 7. So this is early on in the gospel, early on in Jesus' ministry. He's just called the first few disciples. Uh, he has told us to repent, to change the way we think, because the kingdom of heaven has come near. And he demonstrates that kingdom. He's healing the sick. He's giving hope to people. And then he articulates what it is to be a part of this kingdom. Um, And we're about halfway through chapter 5 at the moment. And we're looking into this and it gets very practical. So last week we were looking at the the law um, and that Jesus has fulfilled it. This week we are looking at the application of that. What does it look like? What does it look like? What is Jesus calling us to do? Um, and so, yeah, open your Bibles to Matthew chapter five. We're going to dive into this, and we're going to see the the significance of what Jesus is calling us to do. And um, yeah, but let's not lose the weight of what we started with tonight. Lose the weight of the reality of our own forgiveness, and then the mandate that we must pass on that forgiveness to others. But what we're called into is not only a good thing, but we're empowered to be able to do it. He's not setting us up to fail. He's setting us up to be dependent upon him or else we'll fail, yes. But he's setting us up to live in a very different way in this world the way that we treat each other. It's so important. It's so significant. I want to take a moment to pray and we're going to get into the scriptures. Father, thank you for your love for us. Thank you that you call us to live in a very different way. I repent of the ways that I um, have followed the pattern of this world. I don't want to do that anymore. I ask, Lord, that you would lift our eyes so we would see you more clearly and we would follow you and follow your ways. We need it. This world needs it. Help us, Lord, to focus more on the one who forgave us our debts than on those who hurt us or disappoint us. Lord, would you speak to us again and would we be obedient? Hallelujah. and Amen. One of, we'll backtrack a little bit. So verse, verse 18 is a really interesting verse to me. So he, Jesus has got a couple of clauses in the one verse. He says, For truly I tell you, until heaven and earth pass away, so that's one clause, until this happens, until heaven and earth pass away, Not the smallest letter or one stroke of a letter will pass away from the law until all things are accomplished. So two untils. Until heaven and earth pass away, until all things are accomplished. Later on, he's recorded as saying heaven and earth will pass away. What's the thing that he then goes on to say will never pass away? Yeah, my words will never pass away. So we've... We've heard that the law is significant. The law lasts a really long time, but it's not eternal. Heaven and earth are significant. But he's saying his words are more significant than heaven and earth and are longer lasting than heaven and earth. And so Jesus tells us things, and and we can wonder what about the law? Do we still follow? What about the law do we not follow? Let's major on what Jesus says and he tells us, um, like what we're about to read here. So if he tells us this, we know because it's his words, it'll never pass away. So this is something for us to to read and to to live by. You have heard that it was said to our ancestors, do not murder, and whoever murders will be subject to judgment. I'm reading from verse 21, I should have given that reference verse 22 but i tell you everyone who is angry with his brother or sister will be subject to judgment whoever insults his brother or sister will be subject to the court whoever says you fool will be subject to hellfire so the issue of murder is a real issue in our world today and we've been told do not murder Jesus is affirming that command. Do not murder. But for most of us, it's a very unlikely thing for us to do. And that's good. So Jesus goes, it's not just about the action. It is bigger than the action. It is the heart motive that leads to the action. Like if it went unchecked and no one could find out, I wonder how many more murders would happen? It's the heart where it begins. And Jesus gives three different things. Everyone who is angry, whoever insults, whoever says, you fool. And I mean, there's a little bit of debate over this. Some would say that, you know, it's kind of escalating into different things, but I think it's basically saying the same thing. Subject to judgment, subject to judgment, um, and subject to the court are the three different consequences. So either way, being angry or hurling an insult at someone, it comes often from a place of contempt. It comes from a place where you have devalued someone. You are not acknowledging that this person is made in the image of God you are seeing yourself as being more important than that person. And it happens a lot. And Jesus is saying that that is equivalent to murder. There's a, a saying that my friend, I heard my friend say a number of years ago, where he's like, don't judge people who sin different to you. Like, Whoa. Whoa. That's an interesting one. You can apply that in a whole bunch of areas, can't you? If Jesus is saying that anger and insulting someone, holding someone in contempt is equivalent to murder, don't judge someone who sins different to you. All of us have different areas that we're more susceptible than others. You know, there's areas that we just find easier to not succumb to temptation than someone else. But it doesn't make us better than them. Like... We need the grace of God desperately. We are completely dependent upon His grace. Verse 23, we get into the, some of the application of what this means. Verse 23 of chapter 5. So, if you are offering your gift on the altar, and there you remember that your brother or sister has something against you, leave your gift there in front of the altar. First, go and be reconciled with your brother or sister and then come and offer your gift. This is really impractical. If you were a Jew who lived a decent distance from Jerusalem, to get to the temple was no small thing. Let's say it took you a day to walk to the temple. You get there, you've got to wait your turn, and you finally come, you know, your turn is coming, and then you remember your brother or sister has something against you. If you come from a day's walk away, the person who has something against you is probably a day's walk away. So then leave your gift there, go be reconciled to your brother or sister, and then what are we up to? Three days by now? Come back and offer your gift and do that. It is that important to God what's going on between us and people around us. As a dad, it would be a little bit weird, but I wouldn't hate it if my kids just you know, started singing praises to me, just being like, you're awesome, Dad. We love you. You're amazing. But you know what? If I could choose between my kids just spending time in adoration of me or them loving one another and getting on really well, Most of the time, I would choose them getting on with each other really, really well. Our Father would choose that every day of the week. He would much prefer that we love one another, that we forgive one another, than we pour out our devotion to Him. Pouring out our devotion to Him is really important. He deserves it much more than I. That's a really important part of our life, is to devote ourselves to Him. Tell Him how much we love Him. But, We must love one another, and it's not negotiable. So will my heavenly Father treat any one of you who does not forgive your brother or sister from the heart. That's a big deal, a really big deal. My brother-in-law last night brought it to my attention. I'd never noticed it before, and he said he only noticed it last week. He's like, does that remind you at all of Cain and Abel? If you are offering your gift on the altar and there you remember that your brother or sister is something against you, leave your gift there in front of the altar, First go and be reconciled with your brother or sister, and then come and offer your gift. He murdered his brother, literally murdered his brother, because his gift wasn't received. What if he had at first gone and been reconciled to his brother? Genesis 4 would be a bit different, wouldn't it? Verse 25. Reach settlement quickly with your adversary while you're on the way with him to the court, or your adversary will hand you over to the judge and the judge to the officer, and you'll be thrown into prison. Truly I tell you, you will never get out of there until you have paid the last penny. There's earthly repercussions to not sorting out our differences with other people. Let's not wait. It's hard to find an equivalent to offering your gift at the altar. You know, it's hard to find, like, what is the modern-day equivalent to offering your gift at the altar? Like, yes, singing here, singing worship, you know, there's a a sense that we are um, doing a similar thing, worshipping the Lord but the practicalities of that um, and the seeming importance of it as well like that's a really big deal to be there at the temple about to offer your gift at the altar it's like none of that is more important than being reconciled with your brother or sister that comes first and there's the personal things where there's there's someone who has wronged us But there's also just groups of people that for whatever reason, we find it really hard, really hard to get on with, really hard to actually, honestly, to see them as worth the same amount that we are because of something about them. It could be their view on a particular topic. It could be the way they act. But for each one of us, I think there's work to be done in this space and I just want us to spend a moment just allowing God to do what he wants to do and you know I'll just one of the things that um, is a parallel like I said is, is standing there and singing worship and you might have someone on your mind might be a name that comes to mind like get your phone out and send him a text and for the person who's really bothered by someone having their phone out in the middle of worship, you have an opportunity to practice the same thing, you know, right in that moment and get over it and move on. And in this moment just now, I want you to do the same thing. It might be that it's appropriate just to, to shoot someone a message. It might be appropriate to um, just say, can we meet up? It might be appropriate to go a bit further and, apologize for something or say can we begin to talk about this thing because this stuff really really matters i just want to give a couple of um quick things that i have found helpful in this space and i've already really mentioned one of them but when it comes to forgiving other people it is so helpful to remember how much we've been forgiven If you're finding it hard to get over what someone else has done to you, remember how you have offended the Lord. Remember how you have sinned against him and how much he has forgiven you. Remember that um, parable that Jesus told to to Simon? Um, And he asked the question at the end of it, which one would love him more? The one who was forgiven much was the answer. You know, the one who's forgiven much loves much. We're all in need of so much forgiveness. If we think the one, we're the one that had not any need of forgiveness or only little need of forgiveness, we are deluded. We are all the ones that needed to be forgiven much. It's just our awareness of how much we've been forgiven that can be the lack. As we realize how much we've been forgiven, of course we're going to love of course we're going to respond graciously and generously. First tip is just seek perspective about what we've been forgiven that helps us to forgive others. And secondly, if someone's angry at us, like an immediate response is to be angry back at them. Another option is just to suppress it, push it down. But if we have perspective about the other person, it's possible we know some of the things that are going on in their life and that can help us to go, oh yeah, of course, this just happened, they're struggling with that and then we have more grace for them as we have perspective on what's going on. But sometimes you go, no, can't think of anything that's going on for them that would warrant what they're doing to me right now. But in that case, there's always stuff that we don't know about someone else. There's always things going on for another person. And it's just like, Lord, there must have some things that are going on. Give me perspective. Give me empathy for this person. And ask for his help. I wonder what McLaren Vale would be like if there was no contempt, if there was no unforgiveness. I think that would be amazing evidence of the kingdom of heaven that is his kingdom that's an aspect a really foundational aspect of his kingdom so we're going to sing a couple more songs but we'll have a bit of time before that where i just ask that you do a little bit of a review and is there someone is there even a group of people that you're just feeling convicted that it's time to make your peace I'll pray, and then we'll have a bit of a time of silence so we can do that. So, Father, thank you that you have forgiven us. Freely we have received. Freely may we give. I pray that we would be quick to forgive. I pray that you'd bring people to our mind. And I pray that we would know the best next step to take to bring reconciliation. In Jesus' name, amen.